0: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com.
1: Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Pay high! Woo! Wow, there's that silence in a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Dump up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got, got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit it oh, in! Touchdown! The Bills make me wanna shout! Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It's go to the end zone! Of... Stephon Diggs makes a catch! Touchdown, Buffalo!
0: this.
1: It is over! The Boston Red Sox...
0: ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, you the heard, on 96.5 FM, heard, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, on the ESPNS, seen, heard, and so much more at uh, the wonderful world of QSportsTalk.com. Oh, it's it's all happening at QSportsTalk.com. Maybe, as you were watching Syracuse take on Villanova last night in a game that, of course, uh, tipped off a half hour later than usual because the whole world wanted to see Tennessee and Texas Tech go to overtime after Tennessee had gone 3 of 30 from three-point range. You thought you saw a lot of threes. Villanova said, hold my beer to that. At least they made more than, like, a few of them in that game. So, we all stayed up late and put uh, Syracuse into prime time. And as you were watching, I'm sure many of you spotted, if not on the social media, the great one, Ed Levine, Mr. Krabs, as we call him around here, the boss, with his Cuse Sports Talk T-shirt, not only on your television screens on ESPN, but on the big screen at MSG as well, because that's how big-time Q Sports Talk is now, friends. It's getting on the big screen in the world's most famous arena. I mean, just blowing up, baby. QSportsTalk.com, where you watch the show. You can interact with us in the live chat throughout the show. We keep the mics on during commercial breaks and all sorts of things happening. Watch parties. We've got a a great show coming your way tonight, Uh, a new show called Goat Talk, where we tell you all the latest goat cheeses and milks and wonderful products for the holidays. No, it's a basketball show where the greatest of all time – talk with current members of the Orange mixing the old and new and tonight's show features Buddy Beheim hanging with Eric Devendorf and Chris Joseph tonight right here on QSportsTalk.com that's a QSportsTalk.com exclusive by the way some things we mesh with the radio radio and Q Sports Talk, combining powers to save the planet but in this case it is a Q Sports Talk exclusive so make sure you check that out tonight uh, Jordan will pop in during one of the breaks and we'll Recap the hijinks and tomfoolery he had to do during the watch party last night. I Did not get a chance to watch because I was, you know, watching the game. But he was watching the game with you, and uh, the Wheel of Fun was here in studio. So we'll we'll do that. We'll recap that. We got Jordan for a little bit. Allegedly, Tommy Hogan, the Big J, on his way back from the NYC, will be showing up to work at some point here today. So. He's just big-timing us now. He's Big j it at an MSG. He's got his own show. He's wandering around Madison Square Garden giving tours, bothering Mike Waters, who's trying to get Big J journalism stuff done. I don't know, man, that Tommy Hogan. Uh, is his head going to fit through the door? I mean, it's just uh, the ego is out of control. It's out of control. And I can't even co- – I can't contain him anymore. So uh, we'll talk to both of those gentlemen. We'll talk to you throughout the afternoon, of course, at 437-7644, Brentax Media on Twitter. And you can, as mentioned, hit the live chat at QSportsTalk.com. Throughout the show, we have one guest who will join us later today. Matt Perino covers the world of the Buffalo Bills for Syracuse.com, NYUP.com. I've calmed down a little bit from yesterday. I still have some seething anger ready to burst at any moment when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, but uh, I, I feel like I can have a rational conversation today with somebody about the Bills. Okay, I got the demon out of my system. Let's see if I can like actually now go talk to the priest and heal. Heal the wounds. The power of God compels you. So Matt will join us later on to, uh, to try and give me some faith back, some hope. There's something remains of this 2021 Buffalo Bills season. We'll go on the blind side, do some hot takes, and all the usual hijinks and tomfoolery you would expect, but uh, certainly Syracuse and Villanova will dominate our conversation uh, today, and we look forward to hearing from you throughout. As posed on ESPN Syracuse's Twitter feed to tease you of the content of this radio program today, does a good loss exist? Is there such a thing. Because I think last night comes about as close to it as you can get. Now, all the requisite things I have to say here. No one likes to lose. They're competitors. They want to win games, right? No one sets out to say, I'll tell you what, Take a good loss today to teach us a lesson, right, boys? Like, I understand what competition is all about, how athletes think, how coaches think. Like, no one's saying, like, hey, you know what? Loss wouldn't be such a bad thing today. I under I understand all of that, okay? Let's get all the obvious things out of the way. But if you're going to fairly analyze things, can you put last night into that category because one thing that bothers me and I've said this before and I'll say it again is when people just align themselves in one category or the other and they don't pay attention to the details. They don't they kind of expose themselves, right? I get the same emails and the same tweets and some of the same commentary based on a simple thing, whether there was a win or a loss. And it always leads to a very simple question sometimes. Well, did you watch the game? Now, there is a macro and a micro. There are micro details. There are decisions. And what defense did you run in this play here? And and those things that we scrutinize and look at. And that's what sports fans do. And I'm all for that. And then there's a macro level thing. And slowly but surely, those macro level issues get chipped away at. Right. So you have to be cognizant of both. But what I don't like is just, you know, people sending the same opinions based on preconceived notions as opposed to what happened in this game and how it applies to what you think of this team. So last night, Syracuse loses to Villanova, 67-53. No one likes to lose, and clearly rebounding is a big issue. Did that surprise you? Was that something that just stunned you? to the point where you put your hand over your chest and leaned off the edge of your chair and said, Darling, call the doctor. This team can't rebound. How come nobody told me this? Now, they came off of a game against Florida State where they rebounded very well. That was the reason they stayed in that game. Defense was a part of it. There's a lot of things that add up. But when you can go toe-to-toe with a bigger more physical, more athletic Florida State team, and actually beat them at rebounding 41-40. to And and when you pare it down a little bit, the key thing was offensive rebounds against Florida State. That gave them just enough to stay in a game that they won by three, and Florida State had a chance to tie at the end. Let's not forget. So when Syracuse wins rebounding battles, and this is not just this team. So this, this is a combination of kind of a micro and a macro thing here. On the micro, Villanova just wanted it more. They just got after the boards. What this Syracuse team is not, it's not one of the most athletic teams we've seen. Again, not a stunner if you've been watching this year. And rebounding is not about size. It helps, right? you got some big guys in the middle, but rebounding is about knowing angles, going after shots, good old-fashioned want to, a little bit of luck, a little bit of positioning, right? But Speed killed last night, not size. Villanova doesn't have size. Their tallest uh, starter, six foot eight. They got after it, particularly on the offensive boards. They destroyed Syracuse on the offensive boards. There's no getting around that. Twenty five or twenty seven, pardon me, to eleven, and nothing like three point shots off of offensive rebounds. Three point shooters love that. Now. Villanova took 50 5 5-0, 50 three-point shots in that game. And they needed pretty much everyone they hit. They did pull away at the end, as we saw. But, man, they needed pretty much all 13 of those 50 shots that they took. If I'm Syracuse and I'm like, man, they had to take 50 three-pointers to feel good about beating us, you're going to take that every time. You're going to take that every time. So they got beat on the boards bad. That's the the big key to losing last night, and as Jim Beheim said here. And again, this shouldn't stun anybody. They're just not a physical enough team.
1: But offensively, we had we just struggled. It was a struggle. They're a really good defensive team, and uh, you're going to struggle against them. But it's a physical game, and we're not as physical as we need to be. Uh, I think we're getting better at it. Uh, but they're, you know, I think they're one of the best teams in the country, and we're not. We. I think we're going to continue to get better, uh, but uh, right now we're not good enough.
0: It's a great measuring stick game. Nobody went into that game thinking that Syracuse was on their level, but it was a game, as we said, going into it, and I wrote about this week. It's, okay, you're starting to find yourself as a team in certain ways, and what lies in the middle? Because how they beat Indiana was an extreme on one way, and how they beat Florida State was an extreme on the other. Who you are is what lies in the middle. And what lies in the middle is this is not an athletic team. They're not a good rebounding team. They're getting better defensively. They've thrown a wrinkle in there defensively, but they're not a shutdown team. This is a team that's predicated on scoring, shooting from the outside. So the micro and macro issue here that Syracuse has got to correct is freeing Buddy Beheim to get good shots. Now, he did get more good looks last night. Just wasn't hitting them, right? And when I say good looks, I mean good looks for what he's gonna get. I mean, they are going to smother Buddy Bayheim Not every team has the athletes to do it. Villanova certainly does. Florida State certainly does. I don't believe Georgetown does to the extent Villanova does, but you throw all the all the rules out in a rivalry game, right? That's something Syracuse has to work on. Cole Swider in the Cole Swider bowl, I mean, hit that first three-pointer, and I think everybody's like, oh, here we go. And the first 10 minutes of this game was tit-for-tat, back-and-forth, good offensive rhythm on both sides, tie game, lead changes. It was looking like a good old-fashioned Big East tournament heavyweight fight until what revealed itself. The truth reveals itself. And, look, Villanova was 5 of 28 in the first half from three-point range. They stuck to the plan. And again, the fact they shot 53-pointers in that game. Is it's not surprising because that's always the strategy against Syracuse, but the fact that it got to that number to me still is eye popping. I looked at that throughout the game. I'm like, you know, I know I'm up late and I shouldn't be drinking coffee right now, but I need to because I gotta stay up late. But man, that, that says fifty, right? That says five. 0 right, because there actually were literal mistakes. In the box score last night, they had Syracuse stats as Villanova stats and Villanova stats as Syracuse stats. I don't know who was doing the live stats at MSG last night. Let's just say, you know, they weren't on the ball. So I'm like, this could literally be a mistake, right? But I'm like, they're taking a lot of threes. It doesn't feel like a lot this many, but it was. It was, it was right. 50. 50. Three-point shots. So what Syracuse showed last night was they're not ready to handle certain things. But are all those problems fixable? There are going to be some games where they'll get the bounces, they'll get to the ball, and they'll keep the rebounding gap closer than what we saw last night. Florida State's proof of that. Can they fix the Buddy Bayheim thing? That's going to be interesting because if you're determined to take somebody out of a game, you're going to do it. Did Joe Girard take advantage of that opportunity again? Not to the extent he has in other games, but he's getting open looks. He's shooting over 50% from three-point range right now. I think that's all you can ask him to do. Another thing that Syracuse has to fix, and this is always a tricky question with Syracuse, right, but I think it's needed. I think a solution has got to present itself, is they need some good quality help from the bench. Symeer Torrance picked up some fouls last night. Benny Williams, I think he had a great interview with our our friends at Exit 31 before the show. I would go listen to that if I were you. And he's finding his way, and I appreciated what he said because he's being patient. He talks about the relationship he has with the coaching staff, how consistent they've been with him. They're working on his game. It's only December 8th, but that's one of those things that the next few games could really benefit him as a player and Syracuse. I'm not trying to brush aside Georgetown, but I think this is a very beatable Georgetown team. They play Lehigh after that, who frankly is a joke. So that's a good game to work on those kind of things. Get a Simir Torrance and fly. and the only he got in a foul trouble last night. I I like what I see from Saimir. I like the change of pace. I like his ball handling. I like his distribution. Right. Benny's the one you want to try and figure out how can we give him a role. You know, Jim said this team needs to be a little more physical in the pain. He was talking specifically about Jesse Edwards here. But let's listen. I mean, Jesse,
1: we got the ball to Jesse. You know, he's gotta get stronger. I mean, he's you know, he's he had some great opportunities and, you know, the ball got knocked out, knocked loose and or he didn't finish and I mean they fouled him and you know, he's I think he's a good free throw shooter. He just didn't he didn't shoot well tonight. That
0: is true. And in a statistical anomaly <laughs> The game before that, we saw a statistical anomaly in that Syracuse and Florida State had the same exact amount of attempts and makes from their field goal percentage. They took the exact same amount of three-point shots. Syracuse made more than Florida State, but they both took 30. Here we are in this game, 53-point attempts from Villanova, as uh, Peter Vankman once said when he spotted the Stay puff Marshmallow Man, now there's something you don't see every day. Here's something you don't see every day either. One player got to the free throw line last night for Syracuse and took 15 free throws, and that was Jesse Edwards, who was typically a better free throw shooter than that, didn't have it last night. Was it a game-changing stat? I mean, you know what Uncle Brent's going to say. Free throws always matter, but in, in in the context of this game, like if he makes four or five more of those, is is it the gap Syracuse needed? No. It was just a weird thing, right? So what I take away from last night's game is they hung with a top-ten team for a good part of it, but then they showed themselves. Had they kept the rebounding gap closer, that's different. That's an abnormality, as we're discussing in some statistical things. I expected that, even against a smaller team, if you I expected Villanova to hit threes, maybe not in the volume that they did, having to take 50, but, man, they had to take 50 to balance out their bad shooting and make enough to get by. There was a run there where Syracuse did not take advantage of Villanova. They missed, I think, what what was it, 12 straight shots, 12 straight possessions with nothing? You got to build those gaps and make them work for it, right? But Villanova's in the short breadth of teams that could go to the Final Four. They hung better, and I know what the final score says, but they hung better with that team than they did Auburn a couple weeks ago, which is also a team I would put on the short list of teams that can make a deep run. And I understand that was three games in three days, so that's you have to factor that in. But am I seeing improvement in some ways? I am. Are there some concerns? Of course there are. Getting Buddy open, getting some bench help, seeing the defense continue to improve, and doing what you can about the rebounding. It's not like you just throw up your hands and say, oh, well, I can't rebound. What, what, what can I tell you? Is there such a thing as a good loss? I think last night falls into that category. Nobody likes to lose. They're five and four. They're putting pressure on themselves a little bit more now. That little breather they had, where they separated, got two wins, got to five and three. It's like okay, they've fallen back in that race a little bit here. But I certainly think they can beat Georgetown. I certainly think they will beat Georgetown. And it's four eighteen, and Georgetown still sucks. I certainly think they're going to be Lehigh. Cornell is a pretty good team this year. They beat. Uh, Mighty Colgate, who uh, Lee Baldwin's standing by, ready to give us the stock market update. So if you take care of business, continue to improve at the rate they're improving, you're 7-4, and four, and then ACC play's going to be here before you know it at the end of the month. My big takeaway last night, you can look at the micro things, watch the game, get the details. That's important, as we'll continue to discuss. But did you belong on the same court last night with one of the best teams in the country? And the answer is yes. So I think you can build on that. I think you can take things away from that in terms of your net ranking and some of the big picture things. It doesn't hurt you at all, right? It would have been a huge win. Big, big win win to put in your back pocket. And when the selection committee rolls around in March and has to make their decisions, like, holy crap, they beat Villanova. That would have been great. But it doesn't kill you to lose that game. They've got to make up some ground because of the losses they have on the resume. But That was a measuring stick game last night, and I think Syracuse obviously didn't measure up evenly with Villanova, but they belonged on the same court with them. And a lot of these problems are fixable, and a lot of them you just kind of have to live with. I think Buddy Beheim will get better shots. I think they'll figure that out. It's not going to be easy, but in the context of defenses focusing on him, he had some open looks last night, and if he hits a few of those, we're we're talking about how he kind of – Grinded it out even with the defense focusing on him. Coleswider's got to take advantage of the opportunities that are there. Gerard, I think, has for the most part. Jimmy Beheim, we haven't even brought his name up yet. We will. We got plenty of time to discuss it. Uh, for those of you that, you know, again, the, the, the same form emails I get when this team loses, I feel he doesn't belong in this level of competition. Uh, you might want to take that one back. Think you might want to take that one back. That's Villanova he played last night, and they couldn't stop him. And I understand Villanova isn't a ton of size in the, in the middle, but if you don't belong on the court with a team like that, then they'll they'll stop a player that doesn't belong on the court. And not once have I watched Jimmy Bayheim and said that. We'll talk to Jimmy on the show tomorrow. By the way, don't forget about that. Buddy on Mondays, Jimmy on Thursdays here on the block, ESPN Radio, and QSportsTalk.com. So that's how I take last night. That's how I take it. Maybe it's because I had to stay up later and I was more mellow than usual. I don't know. Maybe I got all the anger out of me talking about the Bills the other day. I don't know. Maybe you see some things that, you know, should elicit more siren emojis. I don't see it. I saw if there's such a thing as a good loss where you learn and you can build on things and you don't walk away saying, there's nothing good about that. Like that Colgate loss a couple weeks ago, there's nothing good about that. We can haggle about what the Battle of Atlanta's brought on. I don't think you should lose to VCU first game in that setting, even with the way they play defense. The Auburn game, you kind of understood, right? So of the four losses Syracuse has had, I mean, we can dig in and haggle about what they mean and what, what kind of labels we put on them. Last night? You belonged on the same court with one of the best teams in the country for a good 30 minutes. And given where this team's at and what the you know reasonable expectation is, I think you take that. Your thoughts certainly welcome, though, as we go through the afternoon at 437 Brent Axe Media, and, of course, in the live chat at Uh The Colgate alum, the man, the myth, the legend, Lee Baldwin here on a Wednesday to get us over the hump. How are you, sir? <laughs>
1: I'm doing well, sir. Dogs and cats living together. Mass, mass hysteria. hysteria.
0: Nobody steps on a Dr. church in my town. No.
1: Dr. Peter Venkman references. I like it. I haven't so. seen the new one yet.
0: I get out there and do that. I've been slacking on mm-hmm. uh, seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I've heard nothing but good things.
1: Well... Well, good things continued in the market, Brent. Uh, we're marching higher. NASDAQ uh, led the way up 100 points, and that's on top of yesterday's 3% gain. Our diamond, I'm going with Roku, uh, their platform. They just did a deal with YouTube to keep YouTube on their platform. And my dog, Casey's General Stores. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with the Wegmans. How about you?
0: I'm, I'm with you there, my friend. I'm a very loyal right. Wegmans over everybody. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm a Roku user, so I'm happy to hear that uh, they're on the plus side. They're on the tonight. diamond side. Yeah, 18%. Nice. Very good. Nice. Thank you, sir. Nice. Always appreciate We'll talk to you later. You got it. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, sir. Lee Baldwin. Go see him. Go see Bill. Go see Mike. Go see the great crew in Kaz and Utica. You can check it all out at LeeBaldwin.com. You know, what a nice Christmas gift that would be. Seriously. You know, what? what's the joke we always have this time of year? The gift that keeps on giving. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Good Solid financial advice. All the diamonds, none of the dogs. Ride the wave of the market with the experts, our friends at Lee Baldwin & Company. We will break on that note. We will return. We'll dig in more into the details of last night's game. And we got to have a talk about these script uniforms. I know it's important to look good, but they might be a kind of a jinx. We'll get into that next. Stay right there. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> this is On the Block with Brent Axe.
1: But offensively, we, had, we just struggled. It was a struggle. They're a really good defensive team. And uh, you're going to struggle against them. But it's a physical game, and we're not as physical as we need to be. Uh, I think we're getting better at it. Uh, but they're, you know, I think they're one of the best teams in the country, and we're not. We, I think we're going to continue to get better. Uh, but uh, right now, we're not good enough.
0: The thoughts of Jim Beheim, of course, after Syracuse falls to Villanova last night, 67-53. to 53, And we bring it back here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. It's presented by the team at Stanley Law. Construction accident, Stanley Law, is on the job. So, look, nobody's happy about losing to Villanova, certainly. But there is a contentment in hanging with Villanova on a national television game, Jimmy V Classic, Jay Billis, Dan Shulman, the ESPN crew there. If you're watching college basketball last night, that's what you're watching. And Syracuse, you know, hung with one of the best teams in the country for 32-33 minutes. Nobody wants the consolation prize, the pat on the head, the second-place trophy for that. But I think you can feel good about it, given the inefficiencies that still exist. Florida State didn't fix all your problems, but they are getting better in some ways. So whether they continue to get better is the big thing. And one of the you know, listen, a lot of the conversations about this team are going to come back to Buddy Bayheim one way or the other. This is where you got to figure it out, right? This is where trying to anticipate how teams are going to guard Buddy, getting him open, not that they don't want to run a lot of screens now and give him opportunities to get open. And, and there were certainly more open shots, and I say that loosely considering uh, teams are just smothering him at this point. But Florida State was like, you're not shooting the ball. They came at him in waves. They double teamed him. There was constant pressure on Buddy in that game. And the fact that he even scored six points in that game is like a downright miracle. There were open shots, but when you're not in that flow and you've gone three or four possessions before that and you're cut off and you're just working to get open, and all of a sudden you find yourself open and you're not in that shooter's flow, it's a hard thing to do. So that's a big top-of-the-list priority that Syracuse has got to figure out at this point. Getting Buddy Beheim, and I again, I, I use the word open in air quotes because you're not getting those wide-open shots anymore. That's one thing they've got to get going here. The bench play, as we brought up, is something that they've got to figure out. And I I, I focus on Benny Williams there because I'm pretty confident Symear can come off the bench and give you quality minutes. He just didn't have it last night, got into foul trouble. But I think he's getting into a flow, and Frank's kind of advancing at the rate he is. I don't have big expectations of what he's going to do right now, but the big thing in there is more often than not, Jesse's going to be hovering around three or four fouls in the second half. You're going to need Frank to give you, what, 10 to 12 minutes right now, either based on that or going small or how the matchups bear out. That's a big thing. The other thing I can't get over from last night is that Villanova took 53-point shots. That's insane. Even in the era where the three-point shot is emphasized more, everybody's shooting threes, much to the chagrin of Tommy Hogan, the, the Steph Curry effect on basketball where everyone wants to shoot threes, right? That's why a lot of players, Quincy Garrier included, went into the transfer portal because they want to shoot threes. They want to be the guy offensively and have that freedom to do it, and this is a Syracuse team that's got four guys that can hit on the perimeter at any time, one of them being Jimmy Beheim, but last night he was big in the paint. Take what the defense gives you. Are there going to be bigger, more physical teams that Jimmy's not going to have as easy a time scoring 21 points on? Of course. But that's a top 10 team, top five team, really, that you did that against last night. And a smart defensive coach and a smart coach. You know, they're there's stats. You know, Jim just brought it up there in the clip, saying that's a good defensive team. This is the difference between athletes and stats, right? Jimmy's and Joe's versus the numbers. Statistically, they're not a good defensive team, but When they put Samuels in the middle last night, made an adjustment, the way they went after the rebounds, that's a good physical basketball team, right? They're not the biggest team in the world. Their biggest player out there was barely 6'9", but that doesn't mean you can't rough some people up, get at them, and play good defense. It's not Florida State. It's not uh, some of the VCU or some of the, you know, even Auburn, some of the pressure defenses they've seen this year, but I don't disagree strongly with that. So... The build on it is the big thing. So this starts to wear off, and you got Georgetown on Saturday. And Georgetown, the focus on that, we'll get more into kind of the X's and O's and the breakdown of that game as we go through the week, but the focus, of course, is the rivalry, where it stands, the old feelings there. I love that these two games are bunched up together, kind of getting those old feelings going again. That's a noon game on Saturday kicking off the college basketball day, whereas last night capped the college basketball night uh, late into the night. Thank you, Tennessee and Texas Tech, because I want to see those two teams go into overtime, tied at 44. (laughs) There was a moment there where Syracuse and Villanova kind of went into a drought. Villanova, I think, missed 11 straight shots, and Syracuse wasn't scoring for a few possessions. And Jay Billis made the comment on ESPN. He's like, I don't know if Syracuse and, Villanova saw our first game tonight, but that's uh, hard to live up to in terms of ugly basketball, and it was forty-four all at the end of regulation. Tennessee, what did Tennessee end up in that game? Like four of thirty-eight or something crazy from three-point range. Yeah, Villanova said, "Hold my beer. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot fifty. I'm gonna shoot fifty free throws in this game." So. All told, what last night showed us is more what Syracuse is. Indiana was one extreme. Florida State was another. Things balance out in the median as you go. They struggled to rebound. That even maybe could be filed under the extreme category considering Villanova beat you on the offensive glass 27-11, to right? Beat you overall on the glass. I think it was 57-36. You're going to see that more often than not. Maybe by not that extreme, but they're going to get out rebounded more often than not. And the way you overcome that is points off turnovers, which they didn't get last night, as they did in the Indiana game. And obviously, your offense—you know—that was the lowest output they've had this year, fifty-three points. But you held Villanova to sixty-seven. They're not a you know a team scoring in the eighties or nineties by any stretch by the way they play, but. Get a few more shots from Buddy. Get a few more shots from Cole, in theory. And people are starting to wonder about that a little bit. It's kind of like, I've been told Cole Swider is a great three-point shooter. His percentage isn't there right now. I think he's a 28%. uh, Fact check me on that, guys. I'm pretty sure he's about 28%, which is where Buddy is right now. And we know why Buddy's not hitting the threes at the rate he usually does. And Buddy usually starts slow anyway. But with the waves of defense coming at him, There's opportunities for Joe and Cole and sometimes Jimmy when he's out on the perimeter to hit those shots. But, see, what Cole is doing is making up for it in other ways. Dude grabbed 12 rebounds last night. Had two steals in a block, I believe, last night. So if he's just, like, designated, if he's like a baseball designated hitter and he's batting two twelve, it's like, yeah, this isn't working. (laughs) This is what you do. So his label is shooter because we've heard about how good of a shooter he is. He's ready to pop off. And you know, Jimmy Bayheim told us that on the show last week. Other players have mentioned it in some media opportunities. Like, man, you should see this guy practice. He's ready to pop. And last night would have been certainly a great story if he did it against Villanova. And that first shot that he hit, you're like, okay, giddy up. He's ready. And he had some pretty good looks last night. Maybe not as much as the Florida State game, the shots that weren't falling, but If you're not going to do what you do and you can focus your game elsewhere, I mean, he has four games this year already where he's grabbed 10 or more rebounds. When your inefficiency is rebounding, but you have a player that has one label but can make up for it in other ways and has some versatility there, you'll take it. But I don't think anybody recruited Cole Swider to grab rebounds, right? It's part of the game. Nobody's complaining about it, but – he is there to shoot. He is there to give you that other option from the perimeter, particularly with Buddy getting so much defensive attention right now. But I don't look. I don't want to speak for him here. But Jim doesn't like to lose. Nobody likes to lose. But I, my sense is, I I, I got a little contentment there. Like you know what? We're not on their level. We're not that team. But some of the other clips we played about getting better on defense. Like I think he's he is somebody that's constantly striving for improvement. We got to get better. And he'll be honest about whether he sees a made improvements and in some of the other clips we played earlier. And if you watch the press conference last night, like certainly not happy about some things, but I felt contentment in some ways, not content. Like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. come on. We don't even have to practice anymore. No, I don't mean that. I mean, like I saw some improvement. And considering the team we played last night and how much we hung in there, like you never want to go into in a press conference after a loss to be like, Hey, you know what? It's a good loss. It's a good loss. I'm all good for that. Now, dopes like me on the radio say things like that. But rebounding, bench play, continue to improve on defense. Those are the big things. And, of course, getting buddy open. Those are the big takeaways last night. But if you're just Johnny random sports fan and you watched that game last night, not drop in in the second half when Syracuse is down by 10, like, oh, Villanova did their job right now. If you watch that game, you walked away from like, yeah, okay. Q's like gave him a run. The old, hey, there you go. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. If you went to that game last night, which didn't start till, what, 10 o'clock, and had to drive home and got back at 3 in the morning, you're like, that was worth it. I mean, it's always worth it to go to Madison Square Garden, go to New York City and have that experience, right? You want to win, but... What you want is, it, it? was this worth it? Like, if you went down there and they got their butts blown out, you're like, why did I do this? Right? The things you got to put up with, the parking and the tickets and the food. And, you know, we were just joking during one of our Q Sports Talk breaks, Paulie had to park next to Madison Square Garden for $55, and that's a win. Right? Like, oh, that's it? Right? So you're going to do all that? You're going to put the time in? Or even if you were just home last night, you're like, you know what? I'm going to lose a lot of sleep and I'm going to be dragging at work in the morning, but I got to watch my team. When you turned off the TV last night or you were driving home at one in the morning last night, you know, coming up the thruway, like, I'm glad I went. I'm glad I went. It was worth it. They didn't win, but I'll take it. And the fact that we've been on this run where they're playing so many name brand teams, I'm loving it. I don't know if the team is, I don't know if Bayheim's loving it, but that, this is kind of how you have to do it these days. And you'd rather be asked to come to these things and be a part of these things than not, right? You want to be in a big boy league where you play in an ACC Big Ten Challenge. You play in the Jimmy V Classic. You get a chance every year to play in Madison Square Garden, right? All these recruiting tools that you have, particularly if you got players that are from that area, like Cole Swider's family. They're from Providence, but that's an easy trip for them. All the alums that are there, you look around, all the former players, right? People in New York City, they're just like, hey, let's go to the Garden tonight. Just say, like, some random people that you recognize that you want to be a part of felt big. You need those kind of jolts as you go through a regular season. So you didn't win, but you gained some things. I think Syracuse gained a lot from that game last night. And, you know, Villanova, look, there's a reason they're top five, top ten team, right? Even when they're missing shot after shot after shot, they stick with it. They make a little adjustment at halftime. They put Samuels in the paint. Jay Wright's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. Gillespie's a grad senior, right? Most of those players have been around for a few years. That's a, in, in the modern era, and we got to get to a break and get our friend Matt Perino on here, but in the modern era of one and duns and players cycling in and out, Jay Wright has built a program of program builders, guys that are going to stick around three, four, five years, and that's why they make deep tournament runs, because they're experienced. And they're pretty good. Yeah. A couple of guys. Not bad at basketball, too. All right, let's break on that note. We'll switch gears, talk some football. I've got the anger out of my system so I can have a rational conversation about what the hell's wrong with the Bills. Matt Perino will help us with that next. There, right there.